Welcome to this episode of the Record and Ans podcast, where we talk about online worship, Bristol Housing Festival, COVID-19, and eating too many babies. Uh, hello, who are you? I'm, uh, you, can, you can read my name on the screen, oh, yeah. Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you're Mike. I'm Mike, yeah, and who are you... Peter um, Gabriel, I'm, apparently. I'm Peter Gabriel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Embracing a new identity yeah. Yeah, in the it. new world. I but, love um, it, or, you know, why not? Why not? You be whoever you like, put bookshelf behind you, make yourself look like you're uh, you're more significant than you are. That's great. So I'm very good. Nice background. Um, so what are we? We are the Recording Ands. Recording Ands on Zoom. On Zoom. <laughs> we should have, have sort of a pun to... There are no other platforms available. It's the only oh, platform. Right. Oh, there we go then. Zoom, <laughs> Zoom Ordinance. <laughs> Zoom Ordinance. Yeah. Um, but we're doing the recording lands a little bit differently, I guess, because yeah. we're doing it whilst virtually being together on yeah. less quality mics with the potential of a child running in at any point. <laughs> exactly. I'm but sort of imagining always- that all people's work lives at the moment is like, you know that... Um, that there was like a news story where the guy was like skyping in and um his kids like run in in the background <laughs> yeah, and he's like yeah. trying to hold them up <laughs> such a great video nanny like live on tv oh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i imagine that is basically everyone's life at work yeah. At the moment. <laughs> yeah. i think you're right i think everybody is discovering the minimum acceptable level of output <laughs> for yeah. their work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's an exciting time, really, isn't it? In, yeah, it in is. a weird way, people might. Yeah. Well, we maybe we could talk about that in our news and prayer section. We're going to carry on with our normal structure, though. So we're going to begin with confession. Then we're going to talk about worship. Um, online worship is our plan, and then we're going to we're going to we've got a pre-recording of an interview, which is quite good. Yes, so, we basically started making a podcast before lockdown, and then we had to um, <laughs> abandon ship <laughs> mid podcast. We were sent. No, we weren't really. We just um, <laughs> never finished it. <laughs> we had too much going on. There was too. We were too busy. Yeah. We had too many lectures. We had too many face to face meetings. We had lots of pressure on looking into our curacies. Yeah. Then this happened, and now we've got time in the world. It's still taking us like four weeks. It does mean <laughs> it does mean that we will uh, have a sudden jump when we get to our sort of main interview section from the low quality uh, Zoom call to a fully recorded podcast at college um, with the lovely <laughs> Nick. But I'm looking forward to that. What's Nick talking yeah, about? Hi, Nick. Such a long long time ago. I've uh, forgotten about that. She's talking about housing. Oh She's yes, talking about the importance of housing. Ah, very relevant in in a way. Like yeah, considering we're all in our houses, and those yeah. that don't have houses are being provided for. In you know, hopefully, yeah. are still being provided yeah. for places to be safe and locked down in housing. Yes, I think I think there might be yeah some prophetic edge to it. We'll yeah. have a listen back and yeah. yeah, and then I guess our news is going to be dominated by COVID nineteen because nothing else is happening in the world. Um, Almost literally. Shoplifting's yeah. gone down. Shoplifting's You'll be gone pleased down. to. That's yeah. good. Because uh, you want to you, you worry. Yeah. Nothing. You can't get all the shops are closed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, let's start with confession then. In, uh, you should check some jingles in. So, jingle, jingle, jingle. Um, confession. Well, my confession 
uh, is going to be that I have followed suit with a lot of people greater than I. And um, right now I am wearing a nice shirt, smart shirt. Um, but I'm only 50% ready for the day. I'm only 50% dressed. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> don't want to know. Don't stand up, basically. <laughs> oh, there was a, uh, just to go off on a slight tangent, there was a Zoom call for the whole of the diocese that I'm going to for my curacy. Mm-hmm. There was like 500 people in this Zoom Whoa. call. Um, it was a chrism mass just before um, before Easter. And... Um, and looking through all of the pe- people, there were a number of people, ordained people in the diocese who clearly had not realised that their cameras were on and were, well, if they were 50% dressed, it was not the 50% that was on camera, let's say that. <laughs> um, so there was at least three or four guys just sitting there, shirtless, like clearly life, unaware. Summer, Christmas, uh, Chris, Christmas. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty bad. And a guy, a friend of ours from college, um, uh, had to send a little WhatsApp message to the host of the meeting to say, um, there's a few people who maybe you want to meet their cameras, just like remotely. So you've chosen the right 50%, Jay. Well done. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I have. What are, your, what are your confessions then? Is, is yours to do with um, a Chris and Mass, Mike? Or? It's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my confession is that in finding more activities to do with uh, kids in the house we've done a lot of baking i say we obviously i've been working very hard on my dissertation and mostly the others in my household have done a lot of baking but it does mean that i have eaten way more food than i should have done and (laughs) definitely putting on i don't know if this is a thing like lockdown weight is that a lockdown lockdown stone stone? yeah the lockdown Mm. stone yeah but i have been exercising more as soon as they said, like, you're allowed to go for one exercise a day out of the house, I was like, yes, right. I'm doing every I'm day. running every day. Like, that's I didn't do good. that before. <laughs> Why? That's pretty good. good. And you're putting on weight, flipping that. That's fair. Well, that's a that's, lot of cake. That's a lot, a lot of cake. Of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just thankful for PE Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for PE Joe, I don't think I'd be able to leave my house ever. I Where do you think he puts all his furniture? I wonder. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think that he doesn't. I reckon that's a spare room. That's his living room because it, you know, it makes us all feel like he's a normal human being and yeah. not a celebrity that has a spare room that yeah. he yeah. can dance he in. Can and make wear. it look like a living room that's had yeah. a sofa yeah. moved out the way. Maybe he's so yeah. active. He literally never just doesn't even have a sofa. He just yeah. always. Yeah, that's he's, true. Yeah. What's your confession, uh, Patrick? Uh, I accidentally. And I, I accidentally panic bought pasta. So I've got <laughs> so much fusilli. It's ridiculous. How did you do that accidentally? <laughs> well, I basically, I managed to get an online order, which was a miracle. I managed yeah. to get one. And then, so I went through in bags. the middle of the night because I could only, because we've got a baby who wakes up. Um, so I went through in the middle of the night onto the, onto the online shopping thing to see if I could get a shopping slot and I did it in the middle of the night and I just added like everything that we normally have like into the basket and just mm-hmm. checked out and then um and then basically just thought oh we should probably add some, like almost forgot what I'd put in basically forgot what I'd put into the basket completely and then 
like another night just went on and was like, I'm going to add some things that we maybe need. And I just added pasta. I hadn't even even looked in the cupboards at this point. We already had loads of pasta. So we've so got funny. so much pasta. We got, I ended up with like twice, I probably bought maybe an extra packet anyway, because I was like, well, I don't know when we're going to get to the shop. So I'll probably buy an extra packet. Yeah. Kind of did that twice accidentally by just doing it in the middle of the night in a haze, having not already checked whether we had pasta and it actually became like a storage problem in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> that really like is. I was like, it's a lot of pasta. You could start so, selling it on to like your neighbors and stuff. I was thinking about it. Yeah, profit. Yeah. I mean, per like piece, I was thinking. I sell it per, per piece. Per per piece. piece. Um, Good confessions there, Pat, Patrick. I'm glad that your confession wasn't. I was one of those people on that uh, diocesan Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was expecting. There was some. Um, mm. There was uh, there was another uh, person on that diocesan Zoom call who uh, had danced around to the worship music yeah. in their front room, like very exuberantly, um, for too long. Hey, <laughs> it was, it was yeah, very weird. Funny. But that's also a good little segue. Thank you for that. It's almost like we had planned you to say that. For it's me. almost like that. So you're saying, Patrick, about um, this person dancing around to yeah. uh, a chrism service? It was, yeah, it, not only the chrism service, it was the bishop of the diocese and his family doing like a family Von Trapp style worship no, leader. Yeah, it was, oh, right. it was very, it was, I mean, it was very surreal. It was great. Um, they were all in the <laughs> bishop's house whatever yeah. um, you call one of those. Um, palace? A bishop pitch? It's not a vicarage. Palace, isn't it? No, it's isn't not it a palace. palace. It's just a massive house, basically. With, um, the and bishop's palace as well. It's bath and wells. Yeah, no. My, our bishops don't have palaces. Sadly. Isn't it called a bi- bishopric? A bishopric. <laughs> bishopric. Bishopric. Yeah, I've no idea. Oh, yeah, he's, right. <laughs> he's, in one of, he's in whatever one of them is. Yeah. Bishop House with his family and they're all lined up by the piano and one of and his children is playing the piano and amazing. it's like yeah and then through the uh, magic of Zoom you could look into the lives of every other person in the diocese yeah. and what they That's were doing funny, that moment if they hadn't muted their camera and one guy had decided to really commit to the worship but in a way that was like almost like not entirely appropriate <laughs> it was like he was, was really, really dancing really dancing yeah like really, really going, for, going it. for it and it's yeah. like that's a piano and a hymn yeah and you are dancing like you're at hillsong conference that yeah. sort of thing yeah without your top on he I had a top on he was okay he was all right um <laughs> I, and i've no idea who he was i found it actually quite encouraging that he was so like able to worship in that way because I found it a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really, I just thought, yeah, like well done that you have like entered into this in mm. such a way. Um, yeah, it is interesting, that- isn't it? You've, um, I think you've got like people really handling it differently. Haven't you? Like some people are really loving the whole online church thing. And yeah. some people really not loving it and yeah. like actively opting out. Yeah. You were saying about that, weren't you? Before? Yeah. I've, I've seen some people who've just said that they, they find it really difficult to like 
engage with the stuff online because um, it just feels too much like a passive activity, like watching something happen. Mm. And maybe that, maybe there, there are different ways to do it. I mean, I certainly, I find it easy on a personal level. I find it easier when I know that it's like a group of people are watching at the same time together. So I try to watch services at the time when they're kind of supposed to be watched. If you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, I find yeah. that a bit easier. That kind of helps me to engage with it. Um, cause I can sort of see that if it is just like, oh, I'm going to go on YouTube kind of whenever's convenient for me and I'm going to play this video. Mm. I can kind of see how that could become a little bit. Yeah. Less. Not, it's, it's less kind of participating in something. Yeah. 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 So I think church, it's fascinating. Go on, go on. You... No, I was going to say our church, like we have a service on, it's like online.church or whatever. Like it's not on a Zoom. It's not on YouTube. It's like a specific kind of platform for sharing that sort of thing. And you can comment and people, people did to begin with maybe. And they kind of say hi to each other before the service starts. And that's quite nice. It makes you feel part of something. Yeah. It's quite nice to sort of feel as though it's a shared experience even if it is you sitting in your living room just you know with it on the italian without you know with just your family yeah it's not you know it's you're not just your family watching that video there are other people doing the same thing at the same time one thing i found strange is like because those services are pre-recorded if i've been part of the service pre-recorded something and then you're like participating yeah. in a service in which you were involved it's like being at church but you're at the front <laughs> but you're also yeah. in the congregation and you're able to like you know interact with it through yeah. the comments and be the, and people are like <laughs> really enjoying the worship <laughs> and you're like yeah isn't it great <laughs> <laughs> on one side it's it's really odd because you're no you're not you're not participating in the same way you're because you're so aware of yourself like when we talk about not being distracted by things in worship, like you leading yourself in worship um, is by default a distraction because even if you try and ignore that fact, you are then, yeah. you're, you, you, that's not a human normality, is it? Like, no, there's no way that a, can happen. Yeah, unless you're in a critical mode where you are watching yourself back or you're listening to yourself yeah. back or you're reading yourself back in an objective manner for critique. Like that's when it's normal, but when it's like I'm not going to assess this person who's leading, I'm not going to um, yeah. like critique it. I'm not going to, yeah, that separation rule of separation isn't there. There's, you know, there is this fundamental difference, but that is you. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, but, Very but I think it's fascinating how it is possible to do it because you do choose to opt in. So, yeah. like I know you said, some people are opting out. And I want to I say, well, why do you do it in the first place? That's a really interesting thing. If you choose to opt out, um, yeah. but you've essentially got exactly the same thing that you would have at that time. You've got someone singing a song or some songs yeah. for you to sing along to, to worship to. The people that I've heard from who are doing that, are their churchmanship probably is... Uh, less evangelical than ours yeah um so maybe they're maybe less used to the style of stuff that's coming online or maybe the stuff that the kind of churchmanship that they're used to doesn't translate as well or as much onto an online platform i'm not sure 
Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, in some ways, I think the kind of very liturgical mm. stuff actually works quite well because what you're saying mm. is you're joining in with like words that are being said. Yeah. And, and actually yeah. to have someone on a screen saying them and you join in, yeah. it, it is weird because you're you can't necessarily hear the other people joining in with it. So it's like yeah. you're doing it on your own with someone <laughs> yeah. on, on a screen. But but in a way, I think it, it works almost like just as well, if not better, because yeah. actually just speaking translates better on a screen than than, than singing does, I think. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's weird feel like, feeling like you're singing together through a screen. Yeah. It's more strange than speaking mm. together through a screen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite popular liturgical stuff at the moment. Yeah, like yeah. maybe it's because we're in a little bit of a Anglican echo chamber, but like a lot of the the things that go down on my feed are people doing morning prayer for people or doing um, yeah. Sunday services spoken. Yeah, uh, my my church isn't even doing songs. It's just literally. It's not doing. Yeah, uh, it's still doing an evangelical service at the end of the day. It's you know, it's got an introduction of some sort of bit of fun and then um prayer. And then yeah. it goes into a preach and a reflection the, out of it. All the makings of an evangelical service. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible, the Bible, a preach, some reflections on the Bible, some more Bible. Yeah, a bit yeah. more. Put your hand on um, the screen if you want to receive. Yeah, that that right there, you've hit the nail on the head. Though, how funny is it that right now we're in a time where that is normal? That's yeah. the, that we 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 all. We're super skeptical of TV. We've all knocked that. <laughs> yeah. We've all we've all, we've our, all become um, TV evangelists. We, well, they have, and like there are moments where I think, like, actually, why were we so against all that stuff? Because yeah. obviously the pros- uh, prosperity gospel elements and the massive yeah. obvious like theological corruption that was there in some of those people, not all of them, and so, some of those people have you know called it out themselves, you know, mm. um, and really respect them. For that but like um yeah the just the the idea of at making church as accessible as possible yeah. that someone could be sat in their home yeah yeah and they could know god's presence with them yeah like actually that's so cool yeah it's yeah. amazing and actually i mean there's two things i'd say about that. on the positive side they those people those platforms have actually paved the way for all of this working yeah. now, like the, the platforms we're using. I mean, obviously some people using like Facebook live and all that I've, kind of thing, but the, the church online platform that a lot of people are using for their services is just built because of churches in the States that do online services as yeah. their main thing. Um, and that's why it exists. And obviously they're like, they've, I think that service was all like paid for before and now it's, they've made it all free. Yeah, there's some amazing stuff happening. Which is great. The the thing I would say, though, is there's a difference. um, There's a difference with that kind of thing where it is purely someone providing something on a screen that you can tune into and churches, which a lot of a lot of which are doing at the moment where there is interaction both like we were saying through comments on a service, but also, you know, doing like using Zoom more to do prayer meetings and yeah. where you actually can interact yeah. with people, where you see other people where you're all doing it as one and that yeah. that is the difference i think where where people are tuning out because they think like you were saying patrick people tuning out because they feel like they're just consuming something like watching yeah. tv actually where 
where people are having mo- like lots of people in the congregation coming together and able to join yeah. together, it becomes more like church, like yeah, more like the family of God together. That's one of the things I found encouraging actually is that people, I mean, in, in a way we've had more choice. We've got more choice now than we've ever had, like in terms of where we go to church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet for most people that I know, they're, they're linking in with the communities that are local to them, that they're already a part of. They're not going, do you know what this product that is being provided by a really well-resourced church, um, which may be a kind of shinier product to look at, you know, it might be a better quality video. It might be a a better, um, you know, production value. Mm. Actually people aren't, you know, and it's great that there are those churches doing those things and using whatever resource they have to do the best they can. But people aren't kind of going, do you know what? I'm going to choose that product because it's nicer to look at and experience than my local church, which is, you know, my vicar recording something on his phone and putting it up online. You know, actually, most people are linking in with the communities that they already are part of or that are local to them. Um, yeah, or the, there is actual human connection there, yeah, isn't there rather than yeah. just a product. I've been, think, yeah, I'm guilty of the mix-up. I've been doing the, I, I listen to the worship, uh, listen, <laughs> I participate in the worship <laughs> of my old church. Um, yeah in Gloucester um, because the worship is a really good friend of mine and um, and she's put a lot of effort into it and yeah. my church my placement they don't do any song based yeah. worship so I listen to that to just get, get myself focused and I participate I did it again um, <laughs> then I go back to for this for for the for the yeah for service you know the wordy bits yeah. the liturgical bits the preach I go back to my um my placement church because yeah I, I'm invested in that and actually a great yeah. example of why that's so so it is possible to do it in a in a relatable way is that um we had a friend um one of the ladies in the church she, she just um she just died of COVID. Um, and, and she was an amazing woman of the church, like really well known. She was on the worship team. So she was in my team. Um, Mm. she, she was one of the like real rocks for the church when it grew and and changed and lots of families started coming. She was one of the super supportive ones. Um, and, and yeah. And so the vicar started the service this Sunday saying we need to begin with this news. Um, and just to let you know that mm. um, we'll talk more about COVID in our news bit, but um, actually, like, it, it was one of those weird things where it just reminded me that, no, this isn't a superficial thing. These are people, which is what yeah. you're saying, these are people I'm connected to that I want to remain connected to yeah. in a way that's more than just a discussion. It's worship. Yeah. It's being church. It's glorifying God. It is realigning. And I think it, I think that's really, like, positive yeah yeah the the thing like people often bring up about um about like the embodied nature of church and like it's not really um i don't know it's kind of like not properly church if you're not present there in body because we're we're embodied people and and i get that but um i think i think that actually it's weird. I, I've also found it weird that we call 
everything at the moment virtual like virtual yeah. church um because to me the word virtual means not like not real it it's yeah. like a you know when you say virtual reality it's like it is it's reality but we've actually made it up like we've made this game that looks like real life but you're participating yeah. in something false um yeah um, and actually, I wonder if by calling everything like virtual church, I know what they really mean is online church, but yeah. it gives the impression that actually what we're saying is, you know, this thing is actually not quite, it's not real. Like it's yeah. the thing. It's not the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, um, and I get that. It is not, it's not the full life of the church because we are embodied and we are meant to be together. And I look forward to when that happens again, mm-hmm. but actually church online doesn't have to be virtual. It, no. it is real church it's real people just like you said jay yeah it's, um it's real worship um, yeah. and and mm. especially if we choose like you said to participate in it to engage with yeah. it and um, it it doesn't it's not meant to be virtual church yeah the thing is it can be more because that, that's the again a great point to make is that so often we see virtual as less than yeah. Um, but how many times have we been in church and not been engaged? How many times yeah, have we yeah, met yeah. with other people and just been thinking about something else, had our minds on the on the race than the oven, um, only there to see a couple of people we actually want to see and we're intentionally avoiding others, you know, carrying carrying disagreement badly and, and just bad mm-hmm. blood, all that kind of stuff. And there's so much that we do when we are embodied with each other that isn't yeah. being fully there fully present so actually is the question can we be fully present online yeah i mean you can make it <laughs> yeah, you can make sure. it as much as you can make it as much or as little as uh, in that way as you as you want can't you because you can you can sort of be distracted and find the difficulty of of it if you focus on it but like you say like there is an element of that when when we're there in person as well that we you know we choose to opt in maybe maybe it's something about i I think maybe i'm i have realized that i do value some of the like the spaces of church more than i realized that i quite like going to a place for a purpose Mm. and and i do miss that like i it's not the same doing everything all of your activities of your life in the it's same space. Feely, Patrick. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, it is. Like, I mean, I've really committed to making my house like church on a Sunday. After the service, I go and make myself a terrible <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> and, and I, I just chat. I just make really, just really good small conversation <laughs> yeah, with someone. Spend four hours just rewiring yeah. stage. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. I'm That's really perfect. committed. Just put the TV on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just pack I, uh, down all of my electronics. finished, we <laughs> closed. Really we, we, you know, church finishes and then I uh, chase Barney round while he like runs up onto the altar. <laughs> <laughs> We're running around with the cross in his Tries hand, to hitting the walls. Steal the gold plate. The people. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, Just like that. I, yeah. I, can't, I, tell you, I do agree. So I, I think we can be, I actually think we can be fully present online, but I'm still trying to work out my head space in my, you know, yeah. To, Quote a great man recently. <laughs> got, got a good, good one you know of what? those. You know what? Haircut. Um, <laughs> is communion and the, the Eucharist. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm missing it. I said to Laura the other day, I was like, I feel like something is wrong. Like yeah. I have not taken communion in so long. 
And I, f- I just feel like we need to do it. And I'm not sure, obviously, unofficially, yeah. you know, this is anonymous and all that. Nobody ever hear this. But like, <laughs> I, I don't have a massive issue with getting some bread and wine and reading a bit of Corinthians yeah. and, and sharing the bread and the wine together. Yeah. Um, if we feel that we can be present with one another. You're a very naughty man. <laughs> if we if we think that there's any presence with one another through Zoom, like could God not be present through Zoom as well? And also, yeah, yeah, why not? Someone I can't remember who someone was saying, why do we have more of a problem with the idea that Jesus could be present with us through an online communion type platform than we do with the idea that He could be present in, in bread? like bread and wine like yeah. why do we or why why has the like electronic thing got in the way like yeah, how is yeah. that i don't that's know great. that's great that's great what a challenge i mean there's something that i i think and i have no idea about this it's dodgy ground isn't it but the the thing is about blessing the the elements isn't it and yeah about not being able to bless like elements that are in your house from <laughs> yeah someone else's house and there's a sort of so safe if, there's a kind of safety thing in that because yeah. uh they don't want like you you know how i mean this is all weird i don't think i necessarily get it all but you know how you're supposed to like use up all of the bread and wine at the end so yeah. and you're supposed to make sure people actually um eat the bread and drink the wine don't like take it away with them to do any dodgy business with this yeah the holy element yeah. it's it's that's one of the things isn't it if you're somehow blessing bread and wine through the internet then everyone can do whatever they like with yeah. with the bread and the wine mm. so you shouldn't distribute like i was thinking we could do like a postal communion service where we like get wafers because they'd go through a letterbox Bless easily, them and send them through the, through yeah the post. yeah not, eh? You could, um, but then again, that's just so like I don't know. It just makes religion, doesn't it? it but it, it does. Weird. It breaches that line between ritual, which is religion, is ritual, and we all are religious. But it breaches that line between rituals that enhance our life and make us yeah. more fully alive, and rituals that are legalism and yeah. pharisaical. You know, and I, yeah. I don't know. I, but, but only the special person can say the yeah. words and make the bread magic. Yeah, yeah. but even if we had, say you have a higher view of the eucharist and, yeah. and priesthood and that is your belief which is yeah. completely valid clearly not yours patrick but okay, <laughs> for others. um uh, well i just go to scripture and think of how with jesus and the faith of the centurion and jesus yeah. never goes yes he never that sees that person he heals mm. that's great he declares like- something in front of others socially distant healing which transforms the life of someone who's not even there mm. yeah like, so if that's if that's the power of jesus if that's the power of christ that's basically the same as putting your hand on a screen and receiving the blessing so yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is basically the same i, I am, think it shows that like jesus wants to meet us like that i think is one of the things that i feel is important in the communion element is that mm. we need to remember that like the point of communion is that jesus wants to be present with us mm. and yeah like if we're thinking oh he's he's really fussy about the way that he is present with us i don't think i don't think jesus is i think it's his desire to be with his people mm. with like the people of god and i think if if we're willing to 
turn toward him he is willing to come and meet us and so i think that however we do that in an online church way um jesus will kind of fill in the problematic bits and like yeah Yeah. i know some some churches and maybe diocese even are kind of treating it um or talking about like a fast from communion because if you see if you see communion as the the body of christ coming together in body um to receive through the bread and the wine then you can kind of see it like this time apart as a as a fast that mm-hmm. then when we get to come back together in body we we sort of have the feast that is the other you know the whole like fasting and feasting thing um, and yeah. and kind of that time apart and then and then celebrating it in communion together when we when we join back together and that being a kind of new new start yeah. but but yeah, it does come back to what we were talking about, about whether whether online church is as much, you know, can you fully yeah. participate? In which case, why can you not do communion? Have you seen, have any of you guys seen the, um, like the spiritual, the spiritual communion? Um, yeah. The liturgy for that, that's like around, I mean, it pre-existed this situation. It was not like created for it. It was, a, it is liturgy specifically for for times when people can't be present for communion yeah, yeah, yeah. there's Put this idea of spiritual esteemed lecturer from our college isn't it yeah but the, but he's used it specifically for this but there are there is um it did exist before yeah. it did exist before um for people you know who aren't able to be there for whatever reason i think yeah. it's interesting like it, it, the, i've had a look at it, it yeah i, I it is it is like a a reduced version i think that maybe there just has to be an acknowledgement that it's not the same yeah. um and like you say maybe the idea of fasting is really helpful actually to think that like this is a purposeful kind of time rather than a frustrating mm-hmm. um for those well, who... we definitely need to make the most of it don't we as in yeah there's yeah. there's different responses to the se- the season that we're in yeah some is yeah, like like you're saying earlier, Mike. I'm going out every day because I've only got an hour. I'm allowed outside, or more than an hour. Yeah. But um, the uh, the yeah. problem being that um, <laughs> this is another one of those things where, where can like, you fully participate yeah. online they when you're running in at you, <laughs> and It's like yeah, please just stop coming in the room yeah. but <laughs> you know what that's the same at church isn't it you don't yeah, it's yeah. True. it's true kids don't stop being there <laughs> yeah. that's one it of the is, things that i've funny. enjoyed just like you've enjoyed watching it i i do you know what i love them absolutely love them but it's it's just one of those things of like if i if we teach them now like actually there is if a door's shut there's a reason if there's a you know if you've been asked to not go somewhere like it's yeah. learning those boundaries when we go back to good. church hopefully it'll be okay because before this happened my children were the feral ones that didn't know where the lines were <laughs> they would come up and grab my leg or come up for a cuddle while i'm leading or you know run around in circles like singing or you know just go and raid <laughs> yeah. the kitchen for the biscuits yeah. like so I'm kind of thinking this is an opportunity to do it in a way like help them with boundaries for church. 
because you're locked in the house. Because <laughs> in the future, it's going to be really frustrating if they've not got yeah. it and like everybody else's kids have learned this lesson and won't have it. There's definitely going to be some impact of like, like kids going back to church is going to be strange, isn't it? Like, yeah. Gonna, I mean, all sorts of things going back to is going to be strange, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, I was thinking like, if you've, if you're like three years old and you haven't been to church for like three, four, five, six months, whatever it ends up being, like, totally going to be what big, it was. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a big curve, isn't it? Yeah, and like little ones. I was thinking about this. I mean, this is not necessarily related to church, but like we've got a five-month-old who might not have like basically met anyone because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't remember <laughs> being yeah when he was smaller, and he won't remember now anyway. But in the future, yeah. but like he's only yeah. seeing like three faces. <laughs> yeah all day every day and yeah, not for like, half like what impact what impact is that going to have on on kids yeah yeah very strange we should um we should move on i can't yeah. remember what my point was going to be as well but there we go We've, sure yeah there we're, is. We're <laughs> for a very long time. but okay. we're gonna welcome nick in a minute through the medium of time travel and um yes speak to her in the past before all of this happened when we could meet together in body and uh, find out about houses <laughs> yes okay great um it is really awesome to have a guest here with us again we love having guests on. we here. love our guests all of our guests they're so very good and um, always been good <laughs> yes. Put the pressure on. Thanks. So we have got. Well, why don't you introduce yourself to us? Okay, my name is Nick Harris um, or Nicola. Yep. There you go. There you go. That's, That's who we've got. That's great. <laughs> don't, we don't need Draw to know anymore. <laughs> no, we don't need your age. Yeah. No, it's okay. good. We, we're on radio it's, or podcasting, um, whatever we're doing. It's really good to have you with us, Nick, um, to do this. And so kind of you to come all the way from. You're based in Bristol, aren't I you? Am. Is that yeah, right? yeah. yeah. What's so that it's like? Quite a tricky place to uh, navigate to here but I got here in the end well done. Um, what's That's Bristol good. like it's it's sunny today is it? yeah. Yeah. always yeah. sunny it's always sunny from it, what I've heard yeah, yeah. yeah well it? I came here thinking that that wasn't true but yeah. actually that's what we found that it is Often sunny. Maybe when it's raining, which I hear is apparently it does all rain. the time. There was a big you storm. You don't look up, and then because you get, your eyes get wet. And then... True. True. Best not <laughs> to look up when it's raining. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> you've come to talk to us about something you've been involved with while you're here, and not yeah. to do with um, all things housing. Yes. And housing and homes. Housing I like to and emphasize homes. the yeah, homes. Great part of it. Yeah. And mm. um, and so why don't you just tell us a little bit about your story about how you ended up getting involved with this as a okay. uh, well, Nick is also an ordinance so training um, for ministry in the Church of England but yeah. um, how did you get involved with this side of stuff while uh, you've been training I got sucked in um, <laughs> I um, I've known a guy called Jez Sweetland um, since our uni days um, which is not that long ago and um, he got involved in uh, felt God was calling him to leave his job he was um, CEO of Bristol Law Chambers and felt led to leave. Um, and in the process of that was listening out for um, living in community with somebody who worked at the Wild Goose. Do you know the Wild Goose? Mm-hmm. 
place in Bristol. Bristol. Yeah, Yeah. it's in (laughs) Bristol. Um, And they serve um, food and drinks and love to um, the homeless community, all those that are at risk of homelessness. So he was hearing a lot about this and wondering, what can we do? Maybe I should get some, you know, the new things that you can do to get quite a few of these shipping containers around Bristol and more around to help um, with the housing crisis. But actually, as he went on, realised this problem is way more complex than just popping up some houses somewhere. Um, And so God led him on a really interesting journey, interacting with lots of different people, um, including the mayor of Bristol, and um, looking at how could you use these new new ways of doing housing to um, look at how to uh, look at the housing crisis, because there aren't enough homes, but also the system's quite broken. And the more he got into it, realising actually the way we do housing in this country is quite broken. And then there are some people that are really benefiting from it and some people that really aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the beginning of it for him. And I came to Bristol knowing this because we were mates and um, was hearing about it. And as I came to Trinity, um, which is the college I go to, oh, cool. um, yeah. I, um, I heard that um, yeah, it's, it's a great place. Um, we, uh, we were told that we had to do a community placement, so 20 to 30 hours in the community. So get out of the bubble of college and um, get out in the big wide world. And so I asked if I could do the launch of the housing festival, which mm. was five years long, and they were launching it. And so I went along and was volunteering there, which just meant sort of saying hi to people, clicking people in and out. They had six houses, which are the new modular houses, so they're built in factories and then popped up. Um, and this had never been done before. They've never had six houses. I think they've had two in the world in one place, but they never mm. had six. Mm. Um, and that just led me on a journey to um, unpack a little bit what is the housing crisis. I'd heard of it, but hadn't really appreciated what it was. Um, had a couple of essays to write. As a result of my community placement, we were asked to write about a critical incident. And um, that led me to to reflect quite a lot on what is the housing crisis and as a Christian do I have something to think about that or to say about it and as an ordinand as somebody going into the church in a leadership role do I have anything to say about that so Mm, that was the start of the journey really yeah and it's carried on amazing what does your involvement in it look like at the moment how are you um, Um, still participating in that so over the year I was praying with them um, my first year here at college And then God spoke quite specifically to me in June last year about stepping into um, the role that they had as chaplains. The team was five people and um, uh, at that time they were Christians, all Christians, um, just those that were nutty enough to get involved in something where Jess would say, (laughs) hey, look, I can't can't promise to pay you, but um, (laughs) so because he was literally without money for two years they yeah. were living him and his family three kids were living off their housing deposit wow. um so yeah it was a big risk stuff so there are only various people that were willing to go ahead with that yeah. um and i um was having conversations about what my calling was and feeling more and more called mm-hmm. to actually god was speaking really clearly to me about what it is to be part of coming alongside the poor and not ne- just necessarily in crisis mode but actually what does it look like to look at how can we change the system in such a way that the poor benefit. Um, and that led me to then say, okay, well, I think God's calling me to be fill this role of chaplain, which they were looking at. 
because one of the things that are really keen at the festival wasn't just about houses, this is about homes. Mm. And it's not also just about um, people getting a roof over their head, this is about people's spiritual well-being, it's about their mental well-being, emotional well-being. You know, we're whole people, aren't we? And when we mm. look at home, we're not just looking at units of housing, we're looking at homes and communities and mm. what does it look like for a community to flourish. Um, and the chaplain role, they felt that actually it would be important to have that at the beginning of part of the team mm. when the housing festival becoming a little bit more known. Mm. So I um, stepped into that naively. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, that's to this point has just meant really meeting with them once a week um, on a Monday morning at half seven in City Hall, just having a bit of a quiet time together, praying together, a uh, bit of reflection. Um, and then increasingly is the um, festival has been a bit more, um, we've had some public events, um, I've been there um, and yeah, we're not quite sure what it's going to look like in the future, yeah. um, but I'm here for the moment, so yes. Mm. I, um, I came to one of the events, I think it was leading worship at one of, yes. a sort of prayer event to do with this. Um, a while back and I was struck by that thing you were talking about uh, just talking about homes rather than houses mm. and I, I think it's amazing opportunity and, and really great vision the fact that housing is such an issue and, and it's a known issue like it's mm. a thing that at a government level everybody's recognising like housing is really important yeah. and we need to sort it out um, but actually the solutions so much of the time to that are coming from basically from a from a capitalist mm. society yeah. it's it's actually home builders who are kind of setting the agenda mm. for the way we're going with that and actually that vision as i remember hearing about it on the night for actually we as christians we bring something different to the idea of housing and mm. um, the sense and of community yeah. Yeah. and that actually we don't just need more houses we need people to feel like they are um a people like they're yeah. part of um mm. A community and there's so much that we can offer and I love that that um, you guys are trying to get ahead of the game in that and sort of inject something good into this time of um, crisis but also just change mm. Um, mm. in the way houses are, are being built in the way mm. things are going and I loved as well the just the kind of excitement and the forward thinking and the like the out there projects that are that are coming and yeah. I, I, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the things that yeah. that they've been partnering with or working I know there's some things coming up in Bristol or yeah. maybe started already that yeah. are, yeah. That are really exciting that's already going um, that was rumbling away before the housing festival starts so the housing festival is five years long um, and just to clarify, it's... Um, it's a long festival. It's a long festival. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's five years long. It's The festival itself won't own any land and it won't own any houses. It's just a facilitator. Oh, wow. So it's just a matter of a way of starting a conversation. Um, and trying to, like you say, trying to speak into the housing mm. industry at a point where it's shifting. So this modern wow. methods of construction mean that everything's up for grabs. So the way we get land, the way we secure land, this is a part that I don't really understand. And there are words like procurement that I find really difficult to pronounce um, <laughs> that is way over my head. But thankfully, I don't seem to have to know all the jargon. Um, but yeah, that does mean that there is a really imp interesting opportunity for us to speak into this. 
and um, yeah, particularly as Christians, there are lots of other people in society that wouldn't identify as being Christian, but would say actually community is really important. Yeah. Mm. But we do have a unique message, don't we? Right at the beginning of our, at the core of our mandate to love our neighbour. Mm. Yeah. And what does that mean as a Christian? Mm. That isn't, you know, Jesus talked about the Samaritan, didn't he? And actually, that's anybody. Yeah. Um, but equally, I think sometimes we we can lose that a little bit. And well, if it's anybody, then. Actually, is it anyone? Um, yeah. And my neighbour next door, or what does it look like? Yeah. Loneliness is such a problem, isn't it? I think mm. was it, uh, a few years ago, the Minister for Loneliness was identified within the government because actually they recognised that there was a unique moment in time now where we actually really need to address our epidemic of loneliness. Mm. Um, so, yeah, community is really important. Um, the project that was um, set up in the autumn is in fish ponds. Um, in, and that was, um, there are lots of partnerships within the festival, main partner being Bristol City Council, but lots of different partners. And this was partnering with um, the charity 16 to 25, which is particularly there for young people of that age who have mental health problems and perhaps at risk of homelessness or of being homeless. So they've got um, bespoke made shipping containers. So oh, um, they're actually cool. made especially, so they're slightly bigger. Um, they look quite cool. Um, It's called Launchpad and what they've done is they've taken university students and um, those at risk of um, having mental health problems that may not be at university um, and they're living together. So that's again one of the reasons why it partnered with the housing festival because we're looking at how do we prevent this element where community becomes about actually you have one type of person in one type of place doing one type of thing which Mm. actually we realise in society doesn't work brilliantly well. You know, we've got ghettoization and we've got gentrification. How do yeah. we actually mix it up a bit and have those mm, that perhaps yeah. aren't struggling quite as much alongside those who might be? Yeah. And that's part of community, isn't it? We have it, yeah. um, have it here at Trinity, actually. How do we support those that are perhaps struggling? And we take turns, don't we? Um, but we, in, we wouldn't know. You but. wouldn't know. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys would. It was such yeah. a great place to be. Um, so, yeah, that's um, Launchpad. And then Z-Pods, um, which I think is one of my favourites. Z-Pods are... Pre um, uh, modular housing that goes above a car park. So again, oh, wow. that whole element of you don't need extra land. It's a it's a city council uh, car park. So you just put them on top. Um, I say it like it happens really easily, but you can put them <laughs> on top rather on top. than having to deal yeah. deal with um, some of the extra problems that you have otherwise. Yeah. And there are thirteen houses, and, and both on either end of those houses are going to be two bedrooms. The rest of them are one. And these, in the end, are going to be community guardians, I think they're going to be called. So they have a slightly reduced rent. And it's they're going to be their role, um, not just their job, um, but their role within this. They might work elsewhere to actually be people who um, sort of generate a sense of community mm. for the nine that are in the middle that will be from the YMCA. There's a brilliant hostel um, in the wing, it's called, in Bristol, run by the YMCA, which is 81 beds. Um, and uh, no, sorry, 90 beds, 81 of them are commercial and nine of them are people that are coming, coming on off the street. And one of the reasons why they started partnering with um, the housing festival was because they were finding it was really difficult to get people back into the community again, because actually this was a really safe place, it was home. They do a really good thing on Thursday night, they have the feast and they they get a sense of community, they eat together. So actually getting those people that perhaps haven't got family that are loving and welcoming them to to go back again has been really tricky. So uh, this is a really good way of helping them to get back out Mm -hmm. into society again and perhaps build up some some skills. So that's um, Z Pods is going um, in North East Bristol. 
um, and I'll be it's in the process of going through the long land, um, all the procurement processes, I said. Yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you. Um, in the spring. So hopefully that will be, be able to be visited soon. Yeah, that's really cool. So that's really that's great. Really exciting. Yeah, that's good. So as a chaplain, uh, would you oversee in some of those projects a spiritual element? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The, the slight hesitancy, I guess, at the moment is my... Um, I'm leaving here in May mm-hmm. um, and um, we've been exploring with the diocese what does it look like for me to be a chaplain there um, and uh, because the normal pot of money is mm-hmm. used up, um, how do we get funding for that? But I kind of entered this knowing that the money thing was one of those interesting things that you kind of go, okay, God, yeah. if you want me in this, then you need to sort that out. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, so mm. we're trusting for that. But yeah, so part-time curacy, part-time chaplaincy. So the chaplain part of it may well be going out and being part of these, these well, sort of uh, being a link between the festival and these communities mm. and also being a link between these communities and the church. You know, what does the local church that's, for which Zedpods, for example, might come into their parish, what does it look like mm. for them to bless these communities? Yeah. And what does it look like for them not to necessarily be people that go, what's going on? We don't want that in our park, mm. um, which is easily done. And sometimes those, um, sometimes the concerns that are raised when you have new housing in your vicinity can be legitimate, but equally trying to be a voice that um, yeah. actually mm. encourages the church to be part of the yes rather yeah. than part of the no. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. Are, these, are these projects, sorry, are these projects um, sort of protected from what Mike was saying earlier about the capitalist desire within it of, of you know, generating income, economy, like getting businesses to build houses, mm. is, you know, they won't build houses for nothing and, mm. um, you know, the council won't want to make a loss and all these yeah, kind of, of things. Is, is that kind of something that you can... You can feel that there's some weight behind you that you can challenge those sort of presumed profit-based building projects. Um, yeah, to kind of to speak into with a Christian emphasis, can or will it be? Or this is foreseeing, I guess, which is why I'm working out as I say it. But do you foresee like um, there being a point where it actually becomes a real? impasse about actually what are we doing here mm. are these projects for community mm. or are they us dealing with a problem and actually we're going to make some money out of it mm. and um th- these houses are going to go up in price because they're desirable because yeah. we've got this really good idea mm. um do you see their like early steps preventing that? i i think it would be fair to say i'm not involved in the um the wrestling in the same way that some of the others are on the team because mm. that's their day-to-day work mm. um, but I think it's probably fair to say that as they work these things out and what does it look like it, there is a wrestling mm. because the, changing a system as established as the housing system and yeah, yeah, yeah. is it's I've, I've just kept having this picture of like trying to mine through a mountain wow. and you know it's like you, you throw an explosive and the next cave kind of gets push through mm. and then you walk into that and then you've got to you've got to throw another explosive yeah. to go mm. you know you're paving your way through a really hard rock aren't mm. you that is really well established so yeah I think it'd be fair to say that is it is um it is tricky mm. um because there are really established systems in place which yeah. are needed aren't they yeah but actually as the cha- the systems are challenged that can be tricky but I there is a will within the city council That's and within cool. people to 
to actually how do we make this happen mm. because people recognise that the problem's getting worse it's not getting better yep. mm. there are increasing numbers of people that are homeless which yeah, is yeah. obviously the crisis end of it um, and so there is a will to we need to do something different I mean Justin Welby I think the Archbishop's Commission which came in tied in this is where it really spoke to me that god was doing something the archbishop's commission on housing a community was released wow. last started last april 2019 so that was six months after the festival and um he has you know saying well, we have to reimagine housing we have to consider it to be more about human flourishing mm. because um the system is is broken and a lot of people are suffering and increasing numbers so yeah, yeah there is a there is a will for it which means for me that there's hope mm. um that doesn't mean it's easy but um bristol city council has committed to making sure that when they say affordable housing it's truly affordable yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than i think it's 80 percent of market value which in some respects <laughs> is still, is still right. way too expensive for a lot of people isn't afford, it? Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah truly making it affordable which has been done in other countries there's an organization called book look which you have to say we always in the team you have to say book look because it's from Sweden. It's from Sweden. Oh, is that the one where they, you have younger people living with elderly people? Yeah, they, yeah, I think that's one of the models that they do. It's so amazing. they're going to be building some houses in Bristol. Oh, cool. Um, but their model, when they came to speak, we had an industry-focused day in October. So that was our first industry focus. So lots of people within the housing industry, including the guys from Westminster, coming to talk about it. And a guy from there, he was hilarious because he had obviously been... They'd been doing modular housing for in um, Sweden uh, for about... 15, 20 years. Since, uh, so us getting all jumpy about stuff and he's like, hey, we've been doing this for ages. It's not a problem. Um, and he was talking about actually what they tend to do is they will go, right, we're going to go, say we're going to go and put some houses in Manchester, for example. What does your average person in Manchester, what can they afford? Okay, let's say their wages generally, you've got a nurse who might be on, what, like 25 grand or something. Okay, well, how much, what can we build for 25 grand? And they'll do it that way round. Yeah. So it's a much better, rather than, right, we're going to pop some houses up and, you know, a lot of people won't be able to afford them, but mm. actually they've got a, yeah, a very different way of working. So yeah. whether they'll bring some of that over here, I'm not mm. sure. But it's prioritising um, the people. Exactly. Yeah. People first, yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah. that's amazing. Which, so if, um, if people are, like, listening and they're excited, but they're not ready to, like, give up their day job to do the housing festival stuff, yeah. is there ways that, like, ordinary people can be involved with what's happening are there are there things that people can go along and see you know ways that people can can support what's happening mm. um maybe even be a part of some of these new communities that are mm. popping up yeah, um without possibly. kind of um giving up their day jobs i yeah, suppose yeah i would say i would say initially probably just go on the website the bristol housing festival um, you can Google it. There's only one, so that's easy. Um, and have a look at it. Um, there's lots of different parts that you can see the projects. You can see what's going on. We have some blogs. It was a brilliant blog written by a lady called Esther, who she works at the Wild Goose. Um, and she's written a blog that was very, very personable. Um, and keep your eyes open. Um, there, there are those that live in Bristol and actually really feel like, oh, this could be, like you say, this possibly this is God speaking to me. You can get in touch with us through the web website if you want to, and we can have a conversation. Um, we're starting to uh, run some quarterly events, quarterly breakfasts. We've got our first one this Thursday that's church-focused for those that are particularly interested in what's going on. So you can come along and hear about what's going on um, and find out a little bit more through, through that. Come meet us. Mm. Um, we're ordinary people too. Um, so, yeah, come meet in some... Yeah, that'd be great. 
yeah. that'd be great. I think one of the key things um, for people to do, even if people are listening to this, and um, is is to be praying because um, recognizing that actually um, there can be a real poverty mindset within these things, and these things won't yeah. shift, and that sort of thing. Um, and that's that is something I really feel God wants to to break. God wants to you know reach out to those that are really struggling. Um, so prayer for this and um, for the partnerships and for us as a team and for the council as they you know they look to change their practices mm. all those different things and these new communities as they're set up that actually um, the community around them the church and then the underwater community would be really welcoming because mm. um, there can be quite a lot of fear about new and can't there yeah. so yeah prayer would be really good yeah mm. that's great well, thank you so much for coming and yeah, cool. telling us about that. Really and, um, and like we said, have a look. If this is something you are interested in, if you're listening to this, um, have a look on the website if something's kind of tugged at your heart. It's definitely something I think we all need to be thinking about as Christians. And we have that. We have this amazing example um, in the beginning of Acts of um, this example of the early church as a place, a, you know, a community of believers who um, who shared everything they had. And that, like you said about the, the poverty mindset, actually where they lived in that way, they they actually saw that everyone was provided for yeah. in, their, in their place There's of There's enough need. for everyone still. There's, exactly. There's just a few people have it all. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's a real mandate for us as the church to, yeah. to be ones who are setting the bar in how we how we live our lives in a shared way in in that community and look for how that that can impact um, those around us who don't perhaps have so much mm-hmm. um and particularly in the area of housing mm-hmm. um, so thank you so much yeah thank i mean you. it's been thank great you for having me thank you for coming all this way yeah. oh, that's all right. <laughs> our expenses are go to the housing people <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that was great to hear from Nick. Um, yeah, it was many weeks ago. Yeah, um, and good to yeah. listen to it again. Yes, <laughs> doing it slightly from memory. Um, yeah, really interesting stuff. Um, especially, I guess, like thinking about housing and community and um, like houses not just being places of you know a roof over your head, but actually being. Yeah. Um, thinking about how housing works in terms of community yeah. especially at the moment with everything going on where actually like your house is mostly a yeah. roof over your head but also your whole world but where you can't actually interact with the community in the same way um mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the news prayer and the news prayer, yeah praying can't really think of anything to pray about at the moment no nothing's <laughs> going on I don't think I've managed to access any news that is not about this. No, nothing else going on, really. No. Um, I mean, there must be. That is a weird thing. That is. Other things must be happening. But we're all ignoring them. There is other news. Well, everything back to it, doesn't it? Poverty. And news about poverty, which has never gone away. We just don't read it because we don't tend to read news about poverty unless it's tokenism. Oh, I'm on it. Um... (laughs) But it's it is t- poverty as seen through the eyes of the COVID issue. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it, the only inequality lens. and social class as seen through the COVID issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Donald Trump's terribleness as a 
person in yeah. power through COVID. <laughs> Did you see and that? Disinfectant. Like, yeah, Domestos <laughs> had to like release a statement saying, don't drink, Domestos. Yeah, yeah. it's not a, reason. a good idea. It's a bad idea. Don't drink, yeah. yeah. I, I love that there was, um, there was a, uh, a laboratory somewhere, some sort of like um, university lab, which basically did a study on the potential use of it. But as a pure, like, this is the test. And it's like, we've read the labels on the back of the bottles. <laughs> <laughs> and we... You can't do it. <laughs> it's no, like, no. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just amazing that there, there is no other news except for anything that is filtered through COVID. But that is what this, uh, the, so I was musing on this the other day. Isn't it, um, isn't it absolutely insane? This is, we haven't talked about, I, I don't know, maybe it's because we don't like being the harbingers of doom. Um, but I think it is a biblical response that Christians should actually hold to a little bit. You know, reading Amos, for example, or Amos, mm. depending on if you're American. Um, that uh, the actually, the God, it's not that God has given COVID, I don't think that, but that COVID mm. is something that's happened and God will make all things good. God will mm. find a way to make uh, um, a way in the desert. God will make yeah. a way where there's no way God will make hope where there's no hope because that's who God is and that's what. And so that's obviously happening. But when when I haven't heard the message, maybe I'm just not watching enough church online, but I haven't heard the message that says, does anyone notice how all of our Western uh, democracy, our civilization, all the things that are enlightened, rational minds and um, way of, ordering of the world has been completely flawed and destroyed by a molecule. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't it? That message, I just haven't, I know it's because people don't want to hear it right now. And I, I kind of yeah. get that, but I'm like, actually it's really quite sobering to think that <laughs> we, you know, we put so much stock in what we can achieve. And even with the vaccine, like the vaccine, yeah. it's so incredible. Um, that they're so quick on it all of a sudden that um, this we've had issues where people have died again, go back to the poverty issue where people have died of serious diseases that are new and uh, mutations of old diseases and they didn't affect the, the West and they didn't affect necessarily mm. the, the, the people with privilege. So they don't nothing get as happens. high a chance. And yeah. so nothing happens basically. This yeah. is flooring everyone. It's completely stopped the world essentially has. Yeah. Um, and the world turns to it. But even in that, there's, there's a worry in me that we go, look what we did. Like, we beat COVID. We made a, vi- yeah. a vaccine. We defeated it. And now we can go back and do the things we were doing before. Yeah. When actually, this should be a chance to go, okay, we, our world just got stopped by a molecule. Let's, um, let's maybe look at how, how valid the way that we do life is at the moment. Yeah. Mm. And and look to the future. Do we really need to go on Thomas Cook holidays, for, or, or on weekend city breaks? Do yeah. we really need to travel for business to have an hour meeting on a seven hour flight? Do we need yeah. to? Um, it's the kind of deconstruction. Drive to the shop down the road. It? Yes, it is. It's yes, a deconstruction. It is. Yeah, it is. and it's and we've it's got a happening to rebuild it. Haven't we? mm. We've got like everything's been kind of. Yeah, the fragility and kind of artifice of 
the human existence as we experience it most of the time has just been exposed hasn't it that yeah we're like oh within like three weeks of something kind of arriving into the uk anyway within like three months of it being discovered or four months of it being discovered in the world this virus like changed the way that we operate completely mm-hmm. um and i don't think maybe for most people we've been quite so aware of like that the systems that we everyday use and are um just kind of happily ticking along with are so fragile yeah um but, but actually, not the, thing. the bible does it does tell us that doesn't it yeah, yeah. um yeah well, that's why I pick up the Amos one because um, we, with that, the Israelite, Israelites get this doomed message um, from Amos and they're basically told that they think that their life's so great. They think that they're blessed because they're, they've got, they're basically like a successful, expanding mm. nation with lots of prosperity at the top um, at the expense of the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think that God's with them and that they're blessed. And the message is actually, no, your life isn't actually what God. It's not that it's not the message. So is that you having privilege or you being wealthy is the problem. It's not that it's the, it's the mechanisms that have enabled mm. their, their profit yeah. and their, and their prosperity. Yeah. And kind of like I, the message that I think we need to say isn't, okay, guys, we should all feel bad about the fact that we're privileged and we should all feel bad about our wealth and our affluence and, and our Western civilization and we should never do it again. It's not that. It's that we say, if you know, if we have privilege, if we have prosperity, we should use it well mm. um, and, and use it for, for the benefit of, of, of our family and, and everyone else that we, mm. um, that we know and we don't know. It should, it, 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 yeah. It's the mechanisms that we need to ask yeah. questions about. We need to deconstruct these mechanisms that we have made the thing in themselves. Yeah. Just to, you can tell what my dissertation's on. Yeah. Um, because um, and it is you're so you're so. What I love about that that you calling out the word the obvious is that that is exactly how deconstruction works. It's a happening. Like yeah. nobody made well, you know, conspiracy theorists about labs and all that kind of stuff. No, but I, I'm fairly certain nobody made COVID nineteen disaster happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a happening. It's it's happened, mm. and and it's made us all really aware of the mechanisms that structure our world. Yeah. And now it affects everyone. Everybody's going, what? <laughs> what is yeah. what is life? <laughs> yeah. But it's like I was. I've been reading a lot of parables for my dissertation, and I'm just thinking of like the parable of the wise and foolish builders, and how, like, actually, it's not until the storm comes that you become aware of the foundation actually mm-hmm. um you know actually the foolish builder was probably pretty happy with the house until yeah. it started the raining through the spotlight yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but uh you know it's it's those foundations are only really important in those times of crisis aren't they they are important at other times but they only become exposed um as being like fundamentally important when yeah. it's like stress tested if you know what i mean like mm. you know you just you can build a house on sand as long as it doesn't rain yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. gonna rain um yeah. and maybe that's one of the the things that we're realizing at the moment is like 
actually, you know, the things that we put our trust in, the things that we put our hope in mm. um, as Christians are, are, you know, proving themselves to be solid. Mm. Um, and the things that maybe we're tempted by the world to believe are solid are just sand. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that oil prices thing, that was mad. Like people, well, people were... People be given money to take it away. paid to take away oil. Yeah, it's crazy. It, the prices and went it, negative. Yeah. And, and this is like a huge economic thing that people seem to care about and take really seriously. Like yeah. the price of oil in the world. And then yeah. suddenly it's like all gone backwards and you're getting paid to take it away. Yeah. yeah. Mental. It is mental. Yeah. This is going to be with us for a while. And there's different stages of, of what happens. And there's going to be a stage of like reimagining and rebuilding yeah. what our world looks like post yeah. COVID. Mm. That's probably quite a long time away though. And um, yes, I guess there's, there's also the sense of like, how do you live within the deconstruction within the, mm. um, whilst everything is, being taken apart how do you live faithfully how do you pray faithfully yeah um and be be a source of light and hope yeah well deconstruction would say you you don't we we will make we will construct again yeah but they won't be the thing they will be our construction that will be just as um likely to fail essentially because they won't be the thing in itself yeah and it's that like our challenge is to be is to be open is to find a a, um a way of being open to the possibility of something other than what we have yeah yeah and it being a forward like an affirmation of um of the good so so when whilst we will be heavily critical of democracy as it has um set up a lot of our issues you know and things like the nhs we're seeing how actually political decisions have put the, the nhs in a place where it's struggled mm. and then a natural disaster happens it cannot cope and then the people not not the politics the people yeah. have to make a change to essentially see it. so but but we are in doing that what we're not going is ah so we need to get rid of politicians and ah we need to get rid of mm. parliament and our tories our labor our whatever we're saying we're saying um okay this is where we are this is what we want to see and we mm. want to be actively open to seeing that fulfilled yeah. and so we are challenging but we're positive yeah. You know, we're not just challenging and killing off things or writing off things or becoming extremists or nihilists. We're like, no, there's, there is aspects of our politics that can bring this about. So when we get back to normality, yeah. how do we see that? And we construct again, don't we? We construct yeah. another temporary um, yeah. setup. Yeah, it gives our us an opportunity is... to not use some of the things that we have used in the past, though, like to not, build with the same all of the same stuff yeah. I, yeah I was reading something a lot of the homeless charities are saying is that there's just a massive opportunity in terms of like actually ending homelessness mm. um because we've got a period in time where people who are homeless like we know where they are basically broadly now um yeah. they're in kind of like safe and stable accommodation where we can um like intervene as necessary and yeah. find ways of not um forcing people to go back on the streets after they have to move on from wherever 
they are in this kind of you know this emergency so yeah huge huge opportunities and just like the people involved like you say like if you are currently accommodating homeless people in a hotel where you work are you going to get to a certain date and say right off you go then back out onto the streets you go and like that's yeah. like we've got an opportunity to kind of you know those crisis points where we have to say we're going to go this way or we're going to go that mm. have been created like they they exist there's a potential for all of these these decisions to go a good way or a not so good way um yeah. when we reach the point where we have to make them yeah it's fa- yeah if you take that example again like if you i don't know if you watch our girl it is a war based um series on bbc um other streaming services are available yeah, um, but it's but it's recently i what i clocked and i think it's partly because there's a lot of war language around covid um i clocked that there's this like mentality of medics in wartime where regardless of everything else if they have a patient they have a duty of care mm. and then that's true of doctors and everything as well but but actually when you put it in the wartime con- concept they're like and then i know this is fictional but it's, you know it's based on the true mentality of the of medics in war as we've seen in history yeah. it's like their priority is the care of that patient you have yeah. a homeless person so you're essentially your hotel owner is a medic it re- they yeah. have a duty of care for this person yeah it's not that we then just say oh it's your responsibility always to do every homeless person it's like that person is in a position where they have a responsibility, they have a duty of care for that one person. And then in another hotel, in another respite place, in another place, there are other people, and those people have a duty of care. And are we enabling and encouraging a culture that says, actually, we will support you while you get, yes, it's on your doorstep, but it's our problem, we will support you. And and it's it's a mentality shift, isn't it? Rather Mm. than, okay, it's getting a bit better now, you can go back to live on the street it's yeah. like no I, until this person is better yeah i have a duty of care for them that's just yeah. like it's it's kingdom stuff but it's, it's so, not western civilization no <laughs> but it's but this crisis is is creating lots of confrontations that would have never happened yeah. before yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like those kind of you know people although it, in some ways it's reducing contact actually these confrontational um moments not necessarily face to face but you know, just like some of the stuff around like um, employment and things, you know, universal basic income, some of the confrontations that are kind of big conversations that are beginning to happen around that are like moments of confrontation where people are going, you know, the way that we do things, the way that we have done things is just not going to work in this time. So we've got to think of a new way of doing it. We've got to, you know, we've maybe had opportunity through things just, ticking along to kind of not be that imaginative with the way that things happen or like you know we don't force change unless we have to and then now we've kind of got this opportunity where we've been told like everything has changed like overnight basically Mm, and we've got a lot of imagination Mm. opportunity i'm just aware that this podcast has gone incredibly long Um, 45 days (laughs) (laughs) so okay well let's um let's bring it to a close i I wonder yeah uh, if we i think we said what we need to do we need to be praying with the openness that hope for a new way of being yeah and a new way of of doing 
church, a new way of doing community. We, we need to acknowledge that, which we haven't touched on, the, the absolute horrible reality that over 20,000 people have been recorded as dying just in the UK. People have died of this thing. It is not to be belittled or cheapened or just to be like, oh, well, but, you know, look at the positives. Yeah. It's yeah. not what we're doing, is yeah. it? But but at the flip side, we're the people of hope, we're the Easter people in Easter, um, Easter season, Christ is risen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Alleluia. 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 Thank yes. Thank you. He's risen indeed. Um, <laughs> the British Anglicans, indeed. And, indeed. Um, <laughs> Indeed. So we do have a responsibility, a duty of care, contrary to N.T. Wright's thing about the Bible says nothing about COVID-19, which, yeah, true. But we are still, as we will mourn with the mourners, we will lament with those lamenting. But it is the, what it means to be truly embodied humans is to also be people of hope. Yeah. And, and so I guess if we're going to say, well, what are you guys going to pray for? Um, how do you pray for COVID? There's plenty of people telling you how to do that, I think. But for me personally, it is like it is to take this time to go, God, show me what the what the 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 new thing is. Show me yeah. what the kingdom yeah. of God looks like in yeah. this and in the future. Um, yeah. 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 And then I think what an, another thing for me just coming out of what we're talking about is to remember, I guess, remember the poor, really, or remember those. Yeah. It, yeah. I think it's very easy to get super insular because we're literally living insular lives. We're little islands in our houses right now. I think in our prayers to remember mm. those who are not with us, those who are struggling, those who are yeah. in poverty, and mm. including those who are affected by all of the news that we don't see in the news anymore because we're just seeing. Yeah. COVID-19 yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, pray. So, in summary, we're reaching the end of our Zoom. Uh, actually, uh, very kindly, uh, we've been upgraded from our 40 minutes, but maybe we shouldn't have been for, for your editorial. I actually got uh, a message during did you? saying, did you know we've given you Free Zoom, past 40 minutes. Wow. And that's why we've got and such a long podcast. It said, do you love this? And I clicked, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> that's and good. Said, well, here are the places <laughs> where you can subscribe and pay <laughs> yes. what you've just used. <laughs> yeah, Zoom's share price is just going to go through the roof. Well, it's a bit late now. If, jump the, uh, yeah. if the uh, <laughs> stock markets even exist yes. anymore. <sighs> indeed so yeah we, cattle we, markets we'll be going back to cattle <laughs> markets trading cheap again I know. Or, I'm going to sell off my pasta yeah. <laughs> huge profit great um, it's been it's been great it's been different but it has been good well the conclusion for prayer during the day and the response I should tell you is alleluia amen May the risen Christ give us his peace. Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. Amen. Amen.